All right, I have the privilege to invite up our speaker, Pastor Sky. Let's give up a round of applause. Good evening, everyone. Mm, um, I'm really excited to preach the uh, sermon, the Word of God today. Uh, today I want to preach to you about what God's been speaking to me lately. In fact, I have to share with you that I couldn't start writing this sermon until I got on my knees and repented about the things I'm about to preach today. <laughs> Sounds pretty serious, huh? <laughs> um, so lately I found myself uh, spending a lot of time and energy on things that left me feeling unproductive and unsatisfied at the end of the day, like looking at Facebook, Instagram, the latest fashion, the must-haves, the 30 cutest animals in the world, you know, (laughs) things like that. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying these things are wrong or evil, but I found myself that I created a habit of daily looking and searching for things like this, which slowly pushed me away from the presence of God. And I remember reading on Facebook, ironically, (laughs) a quote by John Piper. One of the greatest uses of Twitter and Facebook will be to prove at at the last day that prayerlessness was not from lack of time. And my reaction to this... (laughs) wow yes (laughs) but my reaction to this honestly was man he's he's overreacting this is exaggeration there's no way that we're not gonna pray because of facebook and instagram there's got to be more than that right but you know what i'm noticing more and more that our generation is unknowingly being given over to media and to what the media is telling us to focus and spend time on It's not about the act of being on Facebook or Instagram that's evil, but it's about how our minds are getting trained to focus our time and energy uh, and thoughts on so much of the things of this world that we slowly start drifting away from what God meant for us to enjoy here on earth. The stuff we see on media tells us this is what you need. This is what makes you happy. And shoves in our face means of temporary pleasure and soon we start thinking things like man i'm missing out because i haven't traveled to the hundred most beautiful places on earth i should drop my tenure commitment and just go traveling you know or i'm not good enough because people don't refer to me as a hipster you know (laughs) and start living for a virtual world of social media and miss out on the real life And on this train of thought, God gave me a revelation of the things that I feel like we should spend our time and days on in the limited amount of time that we have here on earth. How many of you guys heard uh, Pastor Myung-ha's sermon a few few Sundays ago? It's called Leave Home to Find Home. How many many of you guys? Yeah. It was live streamed to all the campuses. I'm sure most of you were able to hear the sermon. I was personally blessed by what she said about our home is in heaven and not here on earth. And she said that you're too attached to earthly home if, number one, it kills your longing for heaven. And number two, if it hinders you from following Jesus. And she also dropped some bombs like, your treasure today could be your trash tomorrow. (laughs) 
And don't own it if you can't give it up. Amen, right? And today, the things I want to preach to you about is kind of a sequel to Pastor Myung's sermon. I titled it, Make the Right Investments. Make the Right Investments. I want to talk, to talk to you guys about what we should really be spending our time and energy on. And first of all, what's an investment? According to the dictionary, investment is an act of devoting time, effort, or energy to a particular undertaking with an expectation of worthwhile results. I want to give you a moment to think about your ordinary day and to ask yourself, what do I invest my time, effort, and energy on? Let's think about that for a moment. For some, it can be on work, many hours of teaching, your students. Or for some, it can be on Facebook at work. (laughs) If that's you, I want to encourage you to listen to Pastor Christian's sermon, Let the Thief Still No Longer, (laughs) Steal No Longer. Okay? But seriously, what do you spend a lot of your energy on? Is it on self-development? Is it on pleasing people? Is it on achieving earthly goods? Is it on the future? Is it on God? Now, I want to boldly propose to you right now what I feel like God wants our primary investments to be on. And I'm not saying that any of these things I just mentioned is bad. But what I'm saying is that they should come after these things I'm going to talk to you about right now. Are you ready to hear what they are? Yes. I'm going to reveal what these three things are one by one because it's more dramatic that way. Okay? <laughs> First one, in, in the order of importance, is prayer. Everyone say prayer. 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 Or in other words, time with God. And let me tell you why this is so important. Because our time on earth is but a short trip. But our time in heaven will be for eternity. James 4.14 says, You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. And Psalm 39.4 says, Show me, Lord, my life's end, the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. Did you know that our days are numbered? I think we automatically assume that we have good, like, 60 to 80 years here on earth because that seems to be how average people uh, live, right? How long average people live. But... We each have a different number of days we have here on earth. And my number may not be as big or small as I think. And have you guys seen a movie called In Time with Justin Timberlake and Amanda Seyfried, right? How many of you have seen the movie? Yeah, it didn't do so well, so I didn't think that many people watched it. (laughs) But let me just tell you, if you know this, you know the whole movie. Uh, I'm not going to give away anything, but in that movie, everyone gets a digital clock on their forearm when they turn 25 and they stop aging. And it tells you to the seconds how many hours and how many days and how much time you have left on earth. And, and you can buy time with money or transfer time by touching each other's arms. So the whole movie, people are fighting each other to steal time from each other. Okay, that's what the movie is about. And what if... What if we had one of these um, one of these digital clocks on our forearm and we got to see how much time and the time ticking down and rolling down every time you looked at your arm? 
How would you treat your life differently? And what would you do with the time you have left? And what would you invest your time on? I'm not trying to be morbid here. <laughs> Sorry. But in the Bible, it says, show me the number of my days so that I know how fleeting my life is. It's so that we are reminded of the fact that this is not our home. Okay. Let's turn to our main passage of today's sermon, Psalm 90, 12. It's actually one verse. I think we can memorize it, like right now. But Psalm 90, 12. It says, So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. I think it's a verse worth memorizing. So teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. I actually woke up in the middle of the night with this verse on my mind. And you know it's from the Lord when you're barely awake and there's a verse on your mind. Because I'm not that holy. I'm not that like Bible geek or whatever. But I woke up in the middle of the night with this verse on my mind. Teach me to number my days. Teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. Knowing the number of our days, which by the grace of God, we do not know. Okay? And the fact that our lives are fleeting helps us to get a heart of wisdom. It keeps us, from, um, it keeps us alert to make the right decisions with our lives. And more than anything, I'm telling you that probably the most important investment to make while we're here on earth is on the time we're going to have in heaven. So prayer. Uh, why prayer? Because it gets us closer to our God. If I were you, I would want to get as close as possible to God now so that I can be as closest to him in heaven. Right? Because I'm going to spend my life for eternity there, not here. That's the real life, don't you think? And there's actually a rank in heaven, if you didn't know. So depending on your rank, you'll get closer or not as close to God in heaven. And that rank... uh, And what we do here on earth determines where your seat is in heaven. And that's not about the legalism of how many hours you put in to praying. Or it's not about, but it's all about how close you are to God's heart here on earth that is going to be reflected in heaven. So I would say that, don't you think it's probably the most important investment you should make? Um, And it's going to be worthwhile. Getting to know God the one person you're going to spend eternity with. For instance, uh, going back to the social media problem problem of this age, I have to confess that sometimes I'm on my my phone a lot. You know, I'm looking at Facebook, Instagram, um, and which results in less and less time with God and including him in my life. And many of you guys know that my dad recently moved to Korea and... You've seen some pictures of me and my dad, or you've met him in person. And he's the sweetest person ever. And uh, I enjoy every moment I'm with him, and I I look forward to spending time with him. I can't wait to uh, just go and hang out with him. And when I'm with him, I'm not on my phone looking at Facebook or Instagramming, having him sit there and just stare at me the whole time as I'm on my phone, right? Because I want to be fully present with my dad. And I love spending time with him. And he's like the type of dad I always wanted, you know? So, but how many times do we do that with God? 
How many times do we have him sit there staring at us on our phone most of the time we're awake? Maybe some of you are thinking, but honestly, God isn't as fun as Facebook. Let me be real. Or Instagram or Vine. Do you guys know Vine? You know what it is? It's like Instagram, but video version with six-second six, six uh, videos. Just You can scroll through all these six-second videos. It's like the fastest route to ADHD. I'm not, it's no joke. <laughs> some, some friend showed it to me like, hey, this is really like in right now. And she showed it to me. I'm like, man, that's like the, the fastest way for you to get ADHD, literally. Uh, but anyway, what if you're thinking that God is boring? I can't sit with my dad for hours and talk. That's just awkward. Then maybe you need to reconcile with your dad. Reconcile with your heavenly father because he's not boring or awkward. My dad wasn't always uh, pleasant to be around. It was actually after he received Christ that he went through a crazy transformation and became more like what our Heavenly Father is like. So if you have a distorted image of God because of your earthly father, it's time to make that that straight. And, And you have to renounce the lie that God the Father is like your earthly father and start investing time, effort, and energy on getting to know him. And falling more and more in love with him. Uh, at our past leadership uh, training, leadership, no, like leadership meeting, Pastor Aaron exhorted the leaders, actually um, commanded us <laughs> uh, to a fast. And until the end of the retreat, and the leaders could choose between coffee, media, and meat. How many of you guys are doing media right now? Wow. Yeah, I am doing media too. I actually wanted to challenge people to fast media along with this message. But it was like, it's like right before the retreat. So I was really glad when Pastor Aaron made the call earlier. So we have like good two weeks of just, you know, setting setting ourselves apart. But um, I've honestly been loving the media fast. Now, I'm not saying to be like, hey, I'm all like... I'm so strong, so it's not easy, it's not hard for me. But except for the times when I want to play video games with my husband, <laughs> it's been easy. Because when I looked at my day and what fasting media, um, I guess, did to my life was it cleansed my daily schedule of all the junk. It felt so clean. It felt like after eating like weeks of junk food, you're eating like salad, you know. <laughs> You know, not being able to look at my phone gave me so much spare time. Don't you agree? You know, I put my spaghetti noodles in. I'm waiting there for eight minutes for it to cook. I would normally go straight to Facebook or Instagram. But now it's like, (laughs) what am I doing? What what should I do right now? Uh, And then, you know, but you know what I found myself also doing though? But that gave me uh, room to enjoy the moment. You know, rather than trying to fill every gap with some funny article or something to entertain myself with. And I started being more thankful about the little things in life. Like how God made the trees and the sky so beautiful for us to enjoy. Otherwise, you know, normally we would be walking by the trees because we're on our phone. But we, because we put, took our eyes off of the phone, we're able to fix our eyes on the things God really gave us for us to enjoy. And, you know, things like, I don't need to worry about how I'm going to feed myself today. Because I have these noodles, I have these spaghetti sauce, I don't have to worry. Like, 90% of the world out there who is starving and who have to struggle through, what am I going to eat today? You know? 
I want to encourage you guys to go even longer with your media fast or at least limit your time to 30 minutes or an hour a day. It will make a difference in your life. I fasted media for 40 days in the beginning of the year. And honestly, towards the end of the fast, I got so used to my life without it that it didn't feel like a fast. It was only until when I went back to it without any set of discipline or rule for myself that you just fall back into that habit of looking constantly at your phone. But with that said, I want to give some practical tips on how to invest in prayer. And one one tip is treat God like you treat Facebook. I know it sounds silly, but let me explain what I mean by that. Whenever you get the urge to post your update uh, or status with a picture of who you're hanging out with and what you're eating, do that with God instead. He is far more interested in your life than anyone else on Facebook. (laughs) And you know, the number of likes on Facebook is not going to get you a good seat in heaven, but number of likes by God is going to get you a good seat in heaven. You know? And prayer doesn't always have to be on your knees crying your eyes out. Yeah, there are times for that, but get into the habit of casual chatting with God first. You might look like a crazy person sometimes, but hey, we can be undignified for the Lord, right? I walk around talking with God, and yeah, I can look like a crazy person because I'm talking to myself. Hmm? But yes, I'm talking to God, not myself. Um, But in the midst of doing that, I got so many revelations from God. Um, I just start off by telling him, oh, man, God, this, this noodle's taking so long. <laughs> and, and then I'm like, and then one thing leads to, leads to another. And I'm like, man, God, but today this and this happened. What do you think about this? Or how do you feel about this? And then God answers. God speaks to you in that moment in such random place that you wouldn't think that God would speak to you in. But when you invite him into your life, he's surely going to speak to you and bless you. And you know what? And then what does that make me end up doing? It's what people call praying. These casual chats. And I want to say that dedicated time of prayer has to come from truly wanting to spend time with God. It's like driving a sports car. You can't go from a parked car to gear five at once. Do you agree? You know? You have to gradually increase your speed and power. So our personal prayer lives should always be on and on and running gear two or three so that when we come to prayer meetings like this or Sunday swim or joint prayer meeting where we pray for topics that require gear five, we're not trying to force power all of a sudden. That's when we start stalling when you try to do that, try to exert power just all at once. And if you find yourself dreading prayer meetings, you got to know that you have to warm up your car before you come. I know it sounds funny, but you need to pray for the prayer meetings. Church, let's not be a parked car. That's not going to do any good for the kingdom of God. And another thing I want to mention about investing in prayer and spending time with God is to know that love is a choice. Man, let me explain that. When, When I was newly saved, praying and spending time with the Lord was easy. You know, of course, it's like uh, when you fall in love with someone for the first time, you're infatuated, so full of love. So, of course, you want to spend as much time as you want. 
you know, as you can with a person. So you go to like every prayer meeting, every service, multiple meetings at, you know, on one day and sometimes, uh, and then sing louder and they're all easy and they just come right naturally. And I got saved when I was in Virginia Tech. So I used to drive my car to campus and just park somewhere on a tree, somewhere nice where it's hidden and just talk to God in the car for hours. And but it was more like he counseled me for hours because it's all like, oh, this is what I'm going through or whatnot. But it's still praying, right? And then when we experience healing and deliverance and we start maturing, then we hit a point where we're not as desperate for God. Let me be real here. And God is not as fascinating as he was before. So you find praying and coming to him harder because it's not the, like the first love you had with him. Oh, I must not love him anymore. You know, you think to yourself. And that's kind of similar to marriage. People have a word that describes the first two years of marriage. What is it? Honeymoon period, right? Honeymoon period. And after your honeymoon period, supposedly not everything's going to be rainbows and flowers and butterflies. And that is true. In marriage, uh, after the honeymoon period, what keeps the love strong isn't some chemical hormonal reaction to each other, but it's by making a choice. Making a commitment to stick to your spouse, no matter what. And yes, our honeymoon period with God ends as well at some point. Um, But what many people forget to mention is that love after your honeymoon period becomes stronger, richer, deeper, and better. As great as the honeymoon period was for me and John Michael, I do not want to go back to that time. Because my love with my husband now has gone through so much more. And it's, it's just gone through, endured so much more than just good times and butterflies in the stomach that uh, we're so much closer now than we were two years ago. So I would not trade anything uh, to go back to that time just because it felt good. Because our relationship is so much more rich. Church, um, it's the same with God. We got married to him the moment we accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And he's so committed to us, no matter how much we disappoint him or turn away from him. And what about you? What about us? Are we going to do the same? Or are we just going to forget? Forget the commitment to follow him with our lives because it doesn't feel as easy or feel good anymore. Muslims pray five times a day, 30 minutes to an hour each time, even though God doesn't hear them. Church, let's make a choice. Let's be committed. It's worth it. Our God is worth it. Amen? Amen. There's no other thing that we can commit to or invest our time in that is more worth it than our God. And let's commit to spending time with him, not because of our momentary emotions, but because you choose him as your Lord. Because for God... Neither death or nor life, either angels or demons, either the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, and second thing uh, we should invest in is people. Everyone say people. Uh, In Matthew 22, the Pharisee asks Jesus what the greatest commandment in the law is. And Jesus replies in verse 37, 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So one may ask, Pastor Sky, like you mentioned in the uh, first point, what, then why are we even here on earth if our main purpose in life is to have a relationship with God? Well, first of all, our sin separated us from God, but uh, it's also so that we can be a representation of our God by loving his people. Our second greatest purpose in life is to love people. It's not to achieve our personal dreams or it's not to do life right. But it's to care and live in harmony with the people God has put us here on earth with. I have a dream to bless many people through my design, especially uh, youth. I want to have my own company. I want to be known as one day, you know, one of the greatest designers of all time. But I know that does that doesn't mean anything in heaven. And I'm not saying going for things like that is bad. But for me, I want to invest more in the people that God put in my life rather than achieving my dream. That is not going to mean much in heaven. Uh, I had two incidences recently that taught me this lesson. One was uh, I was waiting at Hapjung Station for a friend. And a mentally ill person approached me and asked me for directions. And I'm pretty bad with directions. <laughs> so I didn't know what to tell her. But uh, because, you know, she, was, she needed help, so I just wanted to help. Um, and I figured out somehow that she's trying to find a bus stop to take bus 604 at Hapjung Station. And if you guys know Hapjung Station, that intersection area is, like, hectic. Is it just me? <laughs> it's really hectic for me. I don't know which way goes to what direction and whatnot. So I grabbed the ajushi, a man, a, a gentleman that was passing by to ask him, where is the bus stop for bus 604? And he just did one, oh, Chogi, like over there. And he just left. <laughs> so I was like, okay. And I looked up on my map, try to make sure that I'm telling her the right directions. And then I told her where to go, but I didn't feel at ease. So I followed her <laughs> secretly <laughs> to make sure that she's going the right way. And uh, I followed her and saw that she got on the right path, right stop, uh, right stop and right bus. And then I moved on and went back to where I was supposed to meet my friend. And yes, I was late. Sorry, I'm not trying to be selfish. <laughs> but uh, my friend was, you know, understanding and whatnot. So that was that. And then the second time, a few days later, I'm sitting at a playground after my bike ride, trying to take a, bre uh, take a break. And I see a six-year-old boy in his pajamas and rain boots on walking into the playground. And for me, he looked like more of a four-year-old because he looked not as developed and tiny. But he had crazy hair. It just was so clear that he just ran out of his bed. And I was just kind of sitting there hoping that he would come with some kind of, uh, what is it, guardian. So I'm just waiting there. But he's just playing there by himself for like a long time. Then I spot these two uh, Caucasian girls with Bibles in their hands with name tags on. You know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> Staring intensely at the boy. And I'm trying to avoid eye contact with them because I don't want to deal with it, right? And just being honest, but they approached me asking in Korean if I know where the boy's parents are. And so I told them in English. I was like, oh, that's what I was wondering as well. And they're like, wow, you speak English. Where are you from? So we started having a conversation. And, you know, and I went to the boy and started asking him, hey, what are you doing here? Where are your parents? And I found out that um, he kind of snuck out of his 
house when his uh, grandpa, grandma was asleep. And he just is playing in the playground by himself. And I don't know where his home is. So I was like, why don't you go home? Let's go home. Let me walk you home. I'm not a bad person. Like, you know, it's okay. You know, like, you know, I'm a, I'm a good person. And he's like, no, but there's nothing for me at home. And that really broke my heart. He was like, there's nothing for me at home. My parents are not home. They're never home. And I'm bored. And, and I just like, oh, what do I do? So I, after long, you know, uh, waiting, I was trying to persuade the boy. I just called the police. <laughs> I called the police and I said, there's a boy stranded in a uh, playground and he doesn't know where to go. And so, you know, I waited for him and waited for the cops to come. And I was just playing with the boy on the seesaw, like, hi. <laughs> and then the cop came and I saw the boys go, the boy, boy you know, leave with the cops and then the Mormon girls, oops, <laughs> the girls uh, left uh, a little earlier. <laughs> they left a little earlier because they had a, a different engagement, but they asked me for my phone number. Um, and I ended up actually inviting them to our church on the phone later on. But anyway, um, and then it occurred, it occurred to me, like, I was like, these two incidences are so bizarre. Like, God, what, what's going on? Like, is there a hidden camera or something? <laughs> Or, like, one of those shows where they try to prove, like, good humanity through, like, different circumstances and whatnot. And, you know, because what are the chances of me running into, uh, or them running into me, a handicapped person, a technically an orphan, and two Mormon girls just in all few days? And I was just thinking, like, man, I hope I did a good job if I was on one of those shows, you know? <laughs> and then it occurred to me, how much of little or no contact I have with people outside of my comfort zone. And how little I take the time to show love to them and the strangers. And I felt like God was telling me, hey, you did a good job showing love to them. And I was a little embarrassed for thinking for a moment, I hope I am approved by men if I was on some kind of TV show or whatnot. When my God is always watching me and my heart. Matthew 6, 4 says, Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. I want to be able to say to God when I stand before him one day that I have loved with all my heart every single person he put in my way. I want to be able to tell him that that was my biggest accomplishment here on earth. The majority, if not all, of Jesus' ministry was with people. He healed them. He sat with them ate with them, showed love uh, in the best way he could. And Jesus told his disciples in John 13, 34, and 35, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. This applies to strangers, to our friends, to our family members. And let's not forget that our days are numbered. Our days to invest and sow in our love to our loved ones is limited. Let's be fully present with the people around us and invest in them, invest in their lives. And with that said, um, third investment we should make is, can you guess? It starts with a P. Prayer, people. Present. <laughs> It is present. Present. 
Yes, everyone say present. <laughs> You're looking at me like, no way, that's not the third one, is it? <laughs> it is, present. Uh, you guys know the famous quote from Kung Fu Panda by Master Wu Gui? <laughs> you know, Poe, the panda, goes, maybe I should just quit and go back to making noodles. And Master Wu Gui says, quit, don't quit, noodles. Wait, this is Yoda, this is Yoda. <laughs> Uh, noodles, don't noodles. But it sounds like Yoda, doesn't it? You are too concerned about what was and what will be. There is a saying, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That is why this, it's called present. I know Master Wu Gui is Confucianistic. <laughs> <laughs> but we got to get something out of here. We got to get something from this, right? We as Christians have to recognize the gift of life that God has freely given to us. Jesus says in John 10, 10, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. He, doesn't, he didn't come so that we can just hang in there until we see him in heaven. But he came so that we may have life and have it to the full right now. Right now. Not maybe 10 years later, I'll have my best life yet. That's not why Jesus came for us. I think a lot of times we invest more in the past or in the future and miss out on the present. And to do to that, we are sometimes driven by guilt, shame, regret, pride, comparison. And once again, social media has a lot to do this as well. Uh, I almost made my sermon only on social media and wanted to call it Make War Against Social Media. <laughs> You know, I'm not trying to tell everyone to throw away your phones, throw away your, you know, computers and go in a cave. But <laughs> we got to know that if we're not taking control over it, it'll take control over us. Okay. And the enemy's plan behind what seems innocent, social media can be a lot bigger than what you think. Um, I think that's a whole other sermon. But if we start giving into the opinions, moral standards, and lifestyle we see on any screen, what gets fed to us can be false desires, discontentment, spirit of criticism, which robs us of the contentment of the present life and being thankful for what God has given to us today. The fact that each day is a new day and God has breathed upon it fresh grace and purpose. Um, and there's an opportunity coming, guys. There's an opportunity coming to practice all three of these, prayer, people, and present. The retreat is a perfect time to make the huge chunk of your investment in all of these. If it'll help you, treat it like it's the only chance you have. And it may be because this is the specific time where specific people will be coming together uh, for a, this a season and moment like this to seek his face together. Right? Uh, I don't want this message to simply be a feel good. Oh, that's good. Good punchlines, good drop, you know, bombs dropped kind of message. Uh, my prayer tonight is that just as I was able to do before I wrote this message, that we can examine our hearts and repent in the areas where we need to. And see if we've been investing our time, effort, and energy on the wrong things. And I want us to see if we've been neglecting prayer, people, and present. Especially pe prayer and pr people. 
If we have, I want us to repent and turn from our old ways, from the things we invest in vain, and to turn to the things that really matter to God. And I want us to make a commitment with God right now to invest our lives in the right things. In spending time with him and his people and in the present life that God has gifted us with. Um, I want to invite up Susie (laughs) and just have a time of um, reflection and prayer right now. I want us to bow our heads and just uh, close our eyes. And let's have a moment with God. And be real with Him. And be honest with Him. And ask Him to highlight the things in your life that you shouldn't be investing your time, energy, and effort in. And if those are the things that is not drawing you close to God... I want us to make that choice to repent. Repent means to turn away from. Turn away from. Turn away from anything that pushes you away from the presence of God. I want us to pray out loud right now, all together. Uh, Just asking God, God, I repent of my old ways. I repent of social media. I repent of uh, not caring for people around me. I repent of um, not being fully satisfied in the present time that you have given me, this gift that you have given me, life that you have given me as a gift, God. I repent of these things, God. And I pray, Father, that you will come And allow me to uh, have the grace, Father, to invest in the right things. Invest in the things that really matter to you, Lord, in heaven. Invest in prayer. Invest in uh, getting to know you. Invest in getting to know the people that you put in our lives, God. Let's, let's Let's take time to pray that right now. Let's pray.